and welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And we're here in these plague-like times to bring to you what I thought was going to be a happy story, and then I changed my mind when researching and decided to just, you know, make you think a little bit about... Not being going, at home all the time. Not gonna lie. Had not gonna lie. Had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the 20s are back. The 20s are back. But for real, we hope everyone's okay. You know, it kind of sucks. <laughs> Just because you're stuck at home with me all the time? <laughs> yeah, or? exactly, guys. It's been one day, and we almost didn't make it through. <laughs> one day one in isolation. Day. But we hope everyone's doing all right. Let's make the most of it, guys. Stay safe. Mm-hmm. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, call your friends. Take some time to read a book. Read a book. Or re-listen to all of our episodes. That's good. I like that too. I mean. <laughs> and when you get done. <gasps> then you can read a book. After you follow us and add us on social media. Yeah. <laughs> good idea. Good idea. And then. Shameless plug there. <laughs> read any book. We don't have any books, so we can't plug our own books. Just yeah, you know, any book. If you would out. like recommendations, you can't read audiobooks or listen to our podcast again. <laughs> Hit us up. We'll tell you what we like to read. I have a very specific type of book that I like to read. It's romance fantasy. It's teen. It's teen. I'm not in. The, I'm, not, I'm in the young. I'm still in the young adult section. So if that sounds interesting to you, hit me up. If you want to call us, we will read you a book. <laughs> Maybe a chapter. We'll live stream us reading you a book. Yeah. But it's our choice. So. <laughs> what book? I don't know. We'll live stream us reading the scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. That's a good one. We do have right one now. of those. We're going to make one up right now. Ready? A scary story? There once was a little man. And he was little enough that he could usually fit under your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going for bed. Why'd you do bed? I, I since we're doing the scary. Okay, bed. <laughs> it's too late now. It's ruined. <laughs> Check under your butt, Scott. <laughs> we try again. Try again. Try again. No, no. Try there again. Once was a cat, and it liked tuna. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave it tuna. <laughs> And took a picture of the tuna. (laughs) (laughs) So I could remember the tuna. There we go. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. If you want to hear more stories like this, let us know. Well, real quick, if you, listen, if you... DM us on any social media or not, or just, you know, request it, add us. We will video ourselves 
telling you a short story mm-hmm. and we'll send it to you. Yeah. Or we'll post it and at you in it. Mm-hmm. Say it's dedicated to you. We'll use your name mm-hmm. in a short story. Mm. That's a good idea. There you go. I can't promise it'll be good. Can't promise it'll be The tuna one was pretty good. <laughs> I bet the cat does her too. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. You're going to tell us a story. I am going to tell you a story. And now, I'm not going to help. No. No, you won't. Because you don't know, know anything about, about it. So, uh, like I said, I was researching and... I thought about doing, we had talked about some stories to do that were still crime, true crime, essentially, but definitely not as dark and mysterious. Mm. And so those just weren't doing it for me. I think I was in, you know, a mood of sorts. Did you dive a little darker? I I did. I wanted to. I wanted that mystery. I wanted a thinker to get my mind off things. So that's what I have decided to do. Is it a thinker or is it dark? It's both. Ooh. Ooh. And then I, you'll see why. But I think it might not be the best story to tell why people are quarantined at uh, home. Uh, However, <laughs> I'm gonna tell it anyway. <laughs> so. so our story or my story. Um, may or may not keep you up at night, but I hope you can still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug afterwards. We'll just have to find out. Well, I just worked three night shifts in a row, so, so I'll you'll be, be up fine. Anyway. Right. <laughs> so our story is about the Hinterkaifeck farm. So just sidebar, um, Caitlin walked past the kitchen where I was standing about ten minutes before we started recording and was like, hey, we didn't do the yet, did we? And I said, what? <laughs> and I said, okay, good, because I couldn't remember. <laughs> and I have still have no idea what you're saying, so please, one more time. The Hinterkaifeck Farm. Okay. H-I-N-T-E-R-K-A-I-F-E-C-K. Where does farm at? So this farm is located in Grobarn, Germany. That's that's mm. the name. Mm-hmm. So this farm is about an hour outside of Munich, which would be the largest town that we would probably recognize have heard of. of. Yeah, yeah, would recognize. Okay. But the farm itself was in an isolated forest about one kilometer outside of its main town of Kaifek. Okay. So the town of Kaifek was about an hour away from Munich. We. Heard of Munich, probably not Kaifek. I've heard this story before, so I knew, but well, <laughs> that's okay, beside then. the point, I guess. Some of us just listen to too many scary stories and watch too much volleyball anime. Yes, don't get me started on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will talk about that forever. So, in the early 1900s, the Gruber family occupied the farm. So, G-R-U-E-B-E-R, Gruber family. The family consisted of Andreas, who was 63, his wife, Kazilla, which who was 72, and they lived with their daughter, Victoria, who was 35, and their two grandchildren, Kazilla Jr., I guess, mm. who was seven, and Joseph, who was two. So, the Gruber family. Mm-hmm. Kazilla and Kazilla grandbaby. Kazilla and Andreas. Andreas is the grandpa. Yep, and then their daughter was Victoria, Victoria and, and then her kids were Kazilla and Joseph. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So even though the family was a distance away from the general population, so they were kind of outside the town, mm-hmm. you know, sheltered away a little bit, they were pretty well known. Unfortunately, it wasn't 
for the best reasons. Aww. Andreas was unfriendly to most people, uh, and he supposedly beat his wife. On top of this, it was rumored that he was actually the father of Joseph as well as the grandfather. Oh, no. So Andreas and Victoria were accused on several occasions of having an incestuous relationship. And on one occasion, they actually served jail time. On a separate separate occasion, they were accused of it, but the charges were dropped or some, something like that along those lines. Mm. Um, now, whether this was true or not was still, you know technically speculation because mm-hmm. they couldn't really do a DNA test and it wasn't like Victoria or the family accusing them of this. It was others when in the town. When was this? Early 1900s. Okay, gotcha. hmm So, because of this, because of the, the rumors were made because um, he had forbid, Andres had forbid Victoria to remarry after her first marriage. And he kept her under strict control on the farm. She really wasn't allowed to do a whole lot, except they did go to church. And Victoria actually sang in the choir. And so a lot of people liked her the best out of the family, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Um, She had a very lovely voice. So she was really, she wasn't in charge of the choir, but she was one of their most active members and the person that you know, was there regularly and helped the others. Right. So. It was probably her, you know, little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. And she was able to, you know, get some joy out of that. Right. Exactly. The only non-family member to actively interact with the family um, on, you know, a consistent basis was their maid, who was named Maria. I could not find her last name for some reason. Hmm. However, in the fall of 1921, she suddenly decided to leave the farm. She thought the property was haunted. She explained to the family and to everybody asking her why she was leaving that she would often hear strange voices, footsteps, and other noises coming from the attic. And this was enough to send her packing. She did not want to deal with that at all. I mean, I would leave too probably Mm -hmm. i'm not a fan of ghosts well could have fooled me (laughs) i like talking about them don't Don't want to interact really want to meet one no yeah don't really want to interact so the grimbers really didn't think much of what she was saying Mm -hmm. um about the house being haunted i guess they didn't really notice these things Mm. i don't know if she was there more often than they were so maybe You know, she kind Mm -hmm. of got the brunt of it Mm -hmm. as opposed to them. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, they found a replacement maid by the name of Maria Baumgartner. And she came to stay on the farm on March 31st, 1922. Is this the second Maria? Yes. Okay. Yes. So they're both named Maria. Um, The first Maria left in the fall of 1921. And then about six months later or so on March 31st, 1922 important date um, Maria Baumgartner their new maid came to the farm okay gotcha and started that was her first day Mm -hmm. the days following the arrival of the new maid everything seemed fine everything seemed fine on the farm witnesses neighbors had seen smoke coming from the chimney the entire weekend the cattle and livestock have been taken care of But no one had heard or seen a single member of the family the entire weekend. Hmm. 
That's strange. None of them had showed up to church. Oh, Which no. was especially confusing because, like I just said, Victoria was right. a very active member of the choir. Yeah. So a lot of people missed her and they were like, she wouldn't miss mm-hmm. choir. It's very out of character for her. Right, exactly. Furthermore, Victoria's daughter, Kazilla, had not shown up to school, which was mm-hmm. odd in itself. And then the post office and the mailman noticed that they had not taken their mail out of their mailbox. Hmm. So he had delivered it, and then nobody came and got it. Right. And so when he went back, he was like, there's still mail here. So he told the post office workers, and they were like, oh, that's kind of odd. So everybody was kind of talking about this, discussing, mm-hmm. like, where they might be. Right. The final straw occurred on April 4th. Albert Hoffner, who was, I think, a neighbor of sorts, okay. was working on a feeding machine on the farm. Um, I don't know where this feeding machine was, but he was there for some time without seeing a single family member. I think he just went over to, like, work on it like it was already agreed upon. And then mm-hmm. he was like, oh, that's weird. Nobody's nobody's here. So he Especially tried, if they had already decided he was going to come that day. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He tried several times to get someone's attention, you know, kind of called out, but nobody responded. He thought this was very strange. And with what everybody else was saying around town, he decided that he needed to check some stuff out. Mm-hmm. So he went and got their next closest neighbors, so there was a, you know, a group of them, mm-hmm. and they went to go investigate and see if they could find them. Like a wellness visit, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I think he just didn't want to do it. Like, it's kind of eerie to do it by yourself. So I think he just, like, yeah, called the neighbors. Yeah, something's wrong. You want to yeah. make sure you have people there that can help you out. Right, right. So this group went, and their calls in the home went unanswered, so they went to the barn they were met with a very gruesome sight. Oh, no. So the bodies of Andreas, his wife, Kazilla, Victoria, and the eldest granddaughter, Kazilla, were lying in a pool of blood. They had been stacked on top of one another and covered in hay. This discovery began a frantic search for Joseph and Maria. Maria was found in her bedchambers, and she had also been, was dead. And Joseph was found in a cot... That had been in his mother's room. So he was two, remember? Um, okay. So he was in his mother's room, but he was also dead. Hmm. Maria had been covered with a sheet, while Joseph had been covered with some clothing that had been lying around. Hmm. So they were all covered. Yeah. Police were called, obviously. Mm-hmm. Police from Munich were called. Oh, from an hour away. Mm-hmm. So within hours, investigators from the Munich Police Department had arrived on scene. So I think they probably had somebody there, but it was just too big of a thing. Right. It's like calling in the FBI for a state yes. case. Yes. Also, I don't know how true this is, but if you watch like crime shows, they show they say that covering the body is a sign of remorse afterwards. So we'll get to it. So okay. that kind of that's why um everything kind of comes into play when we talk about possible suspects okay gotcha gotcha so that was a big clue like them being covered in hay and then the other bodies being covered as well that comes into play when they're looking at who they thought might have done it okay gotcha gotcha so we'll go over some of the other clues Mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about theories sure so preliminary autopsies showed that the victims had been killed with blows to the head that were inflicted with either a pickaxe or a mattock, which 
a pickaxe is a pickaxe, and a mattock, I believe, is just smaller, and it's flat on one side. Okay, right. So it's chiseling, kind of, but then it does have a hook on the end. Gotcha. There were no other signs of injury, so the perpetrator, they thought, had to have been very confident in his ability to use these tools, Mm -hmm. because it was pretty much a single blow to the head, Nothing like there was a fight, no like other hits anywhere on the body. Well, it's almost like they knew him too, because why would they be suspecting somebody to come up and? I've watched too many crime shows, but yeah. if they knew the person, they don't necessarily think to put up a fight. Yeah. And also, it's probably a stronger person because if there were bodies in the barn, they had to mm-hmm. have probably been moved there. Well, we'll talk about that too. But they actually thought I can bring it up now. They actually think that, and this goes into effect, that they really thought it was somebody that they knew because they suspected that the family members were actually lured to the barn, Mm. like one by one, not that they had been moved because there was no signs of them being moved. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, that gives more um, credit to them knowing the person. Right, because they could have called them in. Blowing out the candle. Blowing out the candle. Too strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much vibe. Too much vibe happening. <laughs> so, while there's no other signs of injury with the pickaxe or mattock, mattock, Victoria showed signs of strangulation, but this was not the cause of death. Okay. So she did not die from strangulation. She died from what the others did, died from, a the blow to the head, head, but there were signs of strangulation. Who was on the bottom of the pile in the barn? Um, I do not know. Uh, I'm not sure. wonder if that would help you figure out who was killed first. Well, w- listen. I'm we'll sorry. We'll get there. I'm Let sorry. me go through all the evidence, girlfriend. My crime brain is just a tick-tock. <laughs> so, unfortunately, uh, this is really unfortunate, actually. No joke. Um, not that I've been joking this whole time. But the granddaughter, Kazilla, was thought to not have died instantly. There were signs that tufts of hair had been pulled out from her, pulled from her head, mm. but not like somebody did it forcefully. So they think that she went into shock mm, and was, like was trying, to trying to pull her hair out, and then she um, died of shock or bleeding out or her in injuries. Her brain, yeah. yeah, in the time following the initial oh. injury. So this goes into your theory of who was killed first, whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever. All except Victoria and Kazilla, her daughter, were dressed in their pajamas. Okay. So the thought was that everyone was murdered as they were getting ready for bed or were in bed. Okay. However, they think that Victoria and her daughter were murdered first. Because they had not gotten into their pajamas yet. Okay. So the police determined that the victims were lured to the barn one by one. Victorian Kazilla, her daughter, being first. Mm-hmm. And then Andreas and his wife Kazilla being next. Now, I don't know if they went together or if they went one by one. But either way, it was the two and then the next two. Right. And then Joseph and Maria died in the house they didn't come out so they were probably asleep Mm -hmm. and then the person went inside 
after he had killed the four in the barn. Right. Went inside to kill the other two. That makes sense. Okay. That's what they had decided upon. The police. Remember, Maria Baumgartner, the maid, came on Friday, March 31st. Oh, 31st. 1922. 1922. Gotcha. The bodies were not found until April 4th. Okay. Remember, people saw the farm up and running over that weekend. Right. But they didn't see anybody. Mm-hmm. So now the police were thinking that whoever it was that had murdered them had actually stayed in the home. Okay. Because there was evidence that they had been murdered on March 31st, the mm-hmm. day that she arrived. Okay. And so they think that the they died on March 31st, and then that person stayed until the bodies were found on April 4th. And then took off. And then left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because nobody saw the family, obviously, over mm-hmm. the weekend. However, remember, the chimney was running, the livestock, there was a dog, everybody was fed. Right. The dog was actually found in the barn and was, like, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, when looking at the home, they found evidence of a recently eaten meal or more than one. Mm-hmm. Then they also found a bed that had been slept in the previous nights. Mm-hmm. And then more testimony came out about other strange occurrences that Andreas had actually told to his neighbors. Huh. So, in the middle of March... Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In the middle of March, Andreas had confided in his acquaintances that after a snowfall that they had... He had discovered footprints leading from the woods surrounding his home to his house. And they were nobody's that he lived with. Interesting. When he took a look around the property, he could not find any footsteps leading away from the house. But he also could not find anybody that the footsteps would have belonged to. They're in the walls. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) Ew! Oh, no! So he went to sleep confused because he, like, had no idea where these footsteps Mm -hmm. came from. But then he thought, hmm, well, my old nanny said she used to hear voices in the the attic. attic. So he went to check the attic. Nothing. Couldn't find anything. Mm -hmm. So then he was like, okay. He felt better, right? Because he was like, couldn't find anybody. So that's Mm -hmm. weird. It's weird, but maybe it's. Maybe a neighbor came. We didn't hear him. Yeah, and then they went home. Whatever. Even though I didn't see footprints. Even though I didn't see footprints, you know. They flew. Right. He just put it out of his head a little bit. Well, the next morning, a strange newspaper was discovered on the porch, and none of the family members claimed that it was theirs. Hmm. Furthermore, on March 30th, 1922, a set of house keys went missing. Oh, jeez. Andreas searched the property once again to look for his keys. Maybe I dropped him somewhere. Maybe someone dropped him somewhere. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So he checked his tool shed. And he had discovered that there were scratches on the lock to the tool shed that he did not put there. And it looked like somebody was trying to pick the lock. And it was unsuccessful. Hmm. He did not have too much time to ponder these things. Because the next day is when Maria Baumgartner arrived. Right. So he was, you know, probably trying to get stuff ready for that. He had told his neighbors about it, but, you know, nobody 
nobody had any ideas because he had looked, couldn't find anybody. Mm -hmm. So nothing, you know, nothing really happened. Well, with all this information, at first the police thought, well, maybe it was somebody who was breaking in. Wanted to break in, mm-hmm. rob them, was kind of scoping out the house. Yeah, they tried to pick out, the, pick the lock, mm-hmm. weird footprints. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, took the keys. Maybe he's trying to, like, rob them. However. Read a newspaper on their porch. Yeah, kind of strange, but, you know, stuff. fine. <laughs> this was quickly taken off the table due to the fact that nothing had been stolen besides some paper money that was in one of their pockets um, of the bodies. But there were, like, jewels and, you know, jewelry and mm-hmm. other money and other valuables in the home that right. were left untouched. Mm-hmm. And then again, they were like, okay, but why would he stay if he was just there to rob them? Right, yeah. Like, that, that doesn't make, make sense. sense. You'd probably want to just get out of there. Mm-hmm. They kind of looked into this, like, the money situation, I guess, a little further to see, like, what could have been stolen Mm -hmm. and it turns out that victoria had emptied her bank account the weeks leading up to the murder she had left a 700 gold mark donation to the church for quote-unquote missionary work but everything else that was in her bank account was gone and unaccounted for so they have no idea where she put the money it's very strange so then if she took it out maybe he took that but again why would he stay you know, was he looking, was somebody looking for it and it took him the whole weekend? Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much she had in Why there. Why would they take care of the cattle and the dog? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nobody really knows about that. It was just kind of a weird mm-hmm. thing. Well, it comes back a little bit later, but. So, it comes back now, actually. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Here I am. So, because another theory that kind of popped up was, well, did she take all of her money out because she was going to run away? You know, was she planning on leaving? This turned the police towards one of her love interests named Lorenz Schlittenbauer. Lorenz Schlittenbauer was a suitor of Victoria's, and she had always claimed that Schlittenbauer was Joseph's father. Okay. Right? So, mm-hmm. her youngest son, who is two. Kazilla, mm-hmm. her daughter, was by her ex-husband, I believe. Because she was seven, so it was a difference. Mm-hmm. So, with the rumors of the incestuous relationship between Andreas and Victoria, a lot of people thought that, well, maybe Schlittenbauer got upset, was mm-hmm. provoked, because he started to believe them. And so, he came to confront them and then lashed out in anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kind of dug deeper into this theory and found out that Victoria was actually threatening to sue him for child support. Uh And apparently, so she threatened to sue him for child support because at first, and this is what a lot of people said, at first he said that Joseph wasn't his. And she was like, no, it is. And he was like, no, it's not. You're sleeping with your dad. And he was actually one of the reasons why they got sent to jail the first time. Well, then a little while later, he flipped and was like, no, Joseph's totally mine. The kid's mine. So then people were like, huh, is Victoria paying him to keep his mouth shut about the whole thing? 
Interesting. So instead of her him paying her child support, you know, he, one thing leads to another, and he's like, I'll keep my mouth shut if you pay me off. And huh. maybe she was. Maybe she was. At least that's what one of the thoughts were. And then people were like, okay, did he lash out because he was just tired of this, the situation? Mm-hmm. You know? And people liked this theory because, like you had said before, the bodies were covered. So most likely it was probably somebody who knew them. Right. And if they were lured out to the barn, once again, it was probably someone who knew them. They didn't have any defensive they didn't have, they didn't. There was no fighting. Right. So did someone call for them? They walked out. And then he's like, oh, Andreas, come out here. This would support that theory because everybody knew him. Right, yeah. Furthermore... Um, I keep saying furthermore, but, you know, <laughs> it just leads one on top of the other. And so on and henceforth. Schlitten Bauer was actually one of the first townspeople that went to the farm to figure out what happened to the family. Hmm. So when the Hofbauer, I think that's what his name was, gathered up a group of people to go yeah. check on the family, Schlitten Bauer volunteered to go. They always like to watch the crime scene. Yeah, exactly. They always like to be involved in the Yeah, no, that's for real. Depending on what type of killer, but you know. Right. So this is very circumstantial <gasps> evidence, quote unquote, but... Family annihilator. Yeah. What? what you call them? Family annihilator. Oh, yeah, I mean... I've watched too many criminal minds. Too many criminal minds. <laughs> so while they're searching for the family, the dog that was tied up in the barn, like... Barked and barked and barked and barked and barked at Schlittenbauer. Hmm. Was fine with everybody else. Hated Schlittenbauer. Which is weird because he's been there before. Which is weird. And then Schlittenbauer claimed that he had not been to the farm. Or if he had, it was like once or twice. However, he knew the farm like the back of his hand. Mm. People said he knew exactly where to go. He knew exactly, like, where the barn was, where the doors were, where this was, where the kitchen was. And so a lot of people that were with him found that very suspicious. Where's the restroom? Oh, no, I know where it is. <laughs> exactly. Something. Exactly. He knew where the cups were and the Yeah. <laughs> Let were. me get you a plate and a cup. Mm. Well, to make matters even worse for Schlittenbauer, as soon as he saw the bodies in the barn, he immediately started to move them. When he was questioned about this... He stated that he was trying to look for his son, which, to give him the benefit of the doubt, if they were all piled in a, all stuck in a pile, it does make sense that he goes into shock, and is just like, oh and is God, like, where's, where's my, my son? son? Grabbing whatever, and people grieve different ways, but a lot of people said that he was very, he wasn't very emotional throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He was very stone faced. Mm-hmm. I just gotta be here to be here kind of thing. Hmm. But again, people grieve in different ways. He could have been in yeah. shock. Right, absolutely. Not, you know, mm-hmm. accepting what was happening. None of this is concrete evidence, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't really do anything about it. Right. I mean, it's all he said, she said. At the, yeah, basically. it's all circumstantial. So nothing ever came of it. But Schlittenbauer is basically the number one suspect for this. Since... No one was arrested. A lot of theories came out as to what could have happened if it wasn't Schlittenbauer. One theory was that Victoria's ex-husband, Carl Gabriel, could have been the culprit. 
So he had supposedly been killed in World War One, but they never found a body. Oh, so there's not proof. There's no proof. There's no proof. So people think that maybe he faked it and kind of left the war, skipped out, which mm-hmm. I don't know how that works, but he faked his death. But it wasn't like he died. It was more like they couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. He's missing in action. Yeah, so they just assumed mm-hmm. he had died because there was no body. Yeah. So some people think that he left and did whatever and then came back and found Victoria either courting Schlittenbauer or with her dad or with her dad and was pissed off and decided to go on a killing spree about it. And once Could again, this would have proved this kind of goes with the theory that he knew them. Mm-hmm. He called Victoria out and then he was like, Andreas, I'm I'm home. They came out, you know, he kills but, them. Yeah. So, a lot of people think that this could have been the theory as this could have been what happened as well. But I don't know. Now, individuals claim to have met a Russian soldier during World War II who admitted to the hurdle, to, who had admitted to the murders, and he was said he was Carl Gabriel. Oh. But who's to say that was actually him? Yeah, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if that was him or not. And it's in 1922, so they're not really... There's no DNA evidence. They're right. not really questioning people. Well, they question, well, like, over a hundred suspects. But one of the articles that I read was that when the Munich police got there, people had just ruined the crime scene. Oh, I'm sure. Ruined it. We're, like, because actually we're cooking food in the kitchen <gasps> and, like... Ooh, you all right? I dropped my phone on my foot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's how surprised that was that people were cooking food in their kitchen. Oh, yeah. And so this, you know, added another layer of they have no idea. They can't it's do like, anything. Uh, it's Ramsey, yeah? Yeah, yes, exactly. People ruined the crime scene mm-hmm. and it prevented a thorough investigation. That is happening. exactly right. Others... Other people who don't think these two theories are correct say that they think the house was actually haunted and they speculate that a supernatural force was behind the deaths. They never found a murder weapon that we know of, right? I don't know if they found one or not. The I don't know if they found one. I know that when they, know they examined... They used. Right, exactly. So people think that the voices... Because people are like, oh, these people came and were living in their house or were, like, creeping around their house. Mm-hmm. And, like, Carl Gabriel came home. Those were the footsteps. And then he saw what was happening. And he just, like, went inside and was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. You know, and went yeah. hid or something. Yeah. But then other people say, no, it's actually ghosts. Mm-hmm. Which I think that kind of... <laughs> I don't like that theory because I think that kind of takes away from how tragic... Yeah. It actually was. There's no one to take responsibility for yeah. in that case. And there's not really a rhyme or reason, which it never should have happened to this poor family. But it makes even less sense mm-hmm. if it was a paranormal force. Now, after questioning hundreds of individuals and even sending the skulls of the victims to clairvoyance, the case went cold. Nobody could find anything. Yeah, I thought that clairvoyance would really clear would things really up. really help. Oh, yeah. I thought it would clear things up. <laughs> clear. I got it. 
<laughs> well, in oh. the end, no one knows what happened to this day. No. Yeah, it's still a cold oh, case. Man. So the bodies of the six victims were eventually buried in Wildofen alongside a memorial. Unfortunately, it was just their bodies that were buried. So the heads of the victims were sent to the clairvoyance and then were sent to the Munich police headquarters or whatever i don't for further analysis and they were not returned home they were lost sometime during world war ii people thought there was a lot of chaos happening one thing led to another they were not found hey you know how you make a place time yeah you lose the skulls you lose the heads wasn't did did nobody be like what are these skulls to Oh, no, I'm sure they're either in a museum somewhere or they thought got lost in part of the war effort. Yeah. Or they're in a museum. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Or they're in evidence somewhere. Yeah. That has never been, yeah, identified. Well, that's about the bodies. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. The farm was demolished in 1923. <gasps> I don't think anybody moved in to it. No, I wouldn't. So the villagers. It's haunted now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if obviously. If it wasn't before. The townsfolk were very unhappy. Not unhappy. The farm was a big reminder of what had happened. Oh, yeah. And so they were very, they were saddened. And oh. they, it was like a, you know, a figure of what a, a terrible act. Mm -hmm. So they were actually the ones that demolished it and they replaced it with a memorial mm. it's like a little flower garden with a cross oh. memorial for the family which is nice mm -hmm. so throughout the years munich police have tried reopening the case several times um but they just run into dead ends they can't find anything um in 2007 students at the munich police academy used modern techniques to conduct their own investigation now they basically said that it was so long ago, and there wasn't a lot of evidence to begin with that was concrete evidence, mm -hmm. that it was very tough for them to decide. However, they did narrow it down to one prime suspect, but they did not name this suspect oh my because God. pretty much everyone involved is already dead, and so they didn't want to name names so that the relatives of the family member got hate from it hey 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 we know who did it we ain't telling right no i know exactly <laughs> that's horrible why yeah. would you do that well then well, don't figure it out then don't then don't stop <laughs> several other people claim to know who committed the murders but once again they those who they named have like been dead for had been dead for years mm -hmm. and so nothing really ever came of it because they can't be questioned so it's just well they told me one night in 1967 that they had killed you know what i mean so yeah. nothing really came of it so the case is still unsolved to this day this has become a very well-known story hmm. especially in germany um there's like a lot of books about it with people writing about their different theories and who they thought done it and then there's movies that have been based off these books so if you're really interested in it, you can definitely just give it a goog. Like a bunch come up. 
Give it a goog. Give it a goog. Give it a goog, mate. Give it a goog, mate. What country are we in? <laughs> Give it a goog. Well, the United States talking about Germany and uh, what I think was close to an Australian accent. <laughs> Just give it a gig. Just give it a gig. That was good. Yours was good. Alcohol helps. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, so that is pretty much the end of my story. I hope that after listening, you can still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. And I hope that you don't need to check your house for people living in it. We don't have an attic. I ain't worried. (laughs) That we know of. Check all them nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, there's a lot of movies. Oh, you know what? What? This does remind me of the movie that's out right now that we really want to go see called The Invisible Man. We've I talked think about we, this before. We talked about it before. We still haven't gone to see it. We're not yes. going to go see it because we're isolating ourselves. And apparently some of these movies are going to be released to watch on Friday. So On maybe. demand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, But basically it's like someone's living in your house and you don't know. Yeah. Who it is and... There's other movies on Netflix about it. There's one where the guy's actually living in the walls, but he... Spoiler alert. He, like, saves them. He saves them. He's not the killer. (laughs) So, that one's, like, a happy ending. Yeah, he, like, saves them, but he's, Mm -hmm. like... He's creepy and isolated, but he kind of becomes... He, like, watches them, but then he's, like... I don't know. He's, like, a recluse... Something son was wrong or something. And his family, yeah. like, hid him away and said he had just Can't died. Remember. I don't know what that movie is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, if you know what that movie is, let us know. Let us know. If you want to hear one of our stories. If you want us to live stream us watching that movie, it'll just be our faces. Because of copyright and no sound. <laughs> no sound. You'll just see our reactions. Us probably on our phone. Let us time. know. <laughs> hey, thanks for the story. It was Yeah, what do you think? Um, creepy. I, I hate when stuff's unsolved, because it does bother me that it was never yeah. solved. You know what? That police academy, I want to talk about them. I'm kind of mad. Don't, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, hey, 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 I figured it out. Right. But we're not telling you. But but I'm not going to. But I'm not you going figure to. it out on your own. Yeah. Yeah, that's we, true. We figure it out for our own benefit, but we won't tell anyone. I just. I don't like that, but, you know. I just hope nobody like hates me for this story because like everybody's stuck at home and I'm also talking about somebody who potentially lived in someone's home for like six months you know it almost sounds like there's somebody in our walls half the time now because there's construction going on next door yeah but that's clearly too that's clearly construction <laughs> until the one guy starts singing it just cracks me <laughs> good up. times good times um but no I'm no, a but good story he could have been living there for six months Winnie because the first maid hurt him. Hurt him. Six months. How long are we in quarantine for? Three years. <laughs> Only time will tell. So, so our food runs out. We're not in quarantine. We're, We're practicing s- self isolation. Social distancing. Mm-hmm. And self isolation. Not self isolation. We'd have to isolate ourselves. Shh, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Social distancing and... If you're practicing social distancing, let us know. Sister isolation. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, we, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I yeah. thought it was really interesting. I hadn't heard of it before. Um, if you know or have heard of this case, I know that several... Uh, our cousin David, he's lived in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of podcasts that talk about this. It's like a famous... Yeah. It's short and not there's not a lot of evidence, but... 
a lot of like other podcasts talk about it. So if you're like interested, right. just like look it up. You'll find a bunch of stuff to listen to. Well, I'm just interested in you know I, I don't know where in Germany our cousin David lived. I don't know. And our friend uh, Mike is from oh, yeah. Germany. So uh, if you guys listen to this, you know, let us know if this is something that's famous in Germany, right. like a, a folklore um, or a, something that you guys hear about mm-hmm. more often you know we hear about yeah what charles manson ted bundy all yeah. that but you we know, know that the black doll yeah right you know things like that but oh, this yeah. wasn't this was in america mm-hmm. you know i don't know in other countries what's a popular yeah true crime that's true it's a good thing. uh st- story tale yeah. happening yeah um but no thanks for sharing we hope that you guys aren't too bored in isolation we yeah. Probably will be posting another episode next week just because we have time. Time. Maybe we'll do something in between. We Maybe. will. If you guys want us to, we'll send you a story, like I said at the beginning. Just <laughs> listen. If you want us to include you in a story, we sure will. Yeah. It'll be like a minute long. Maybe not. That seems that too long. That seems long. 30 seconds. We'll see how long we can go. Yeah. <laughs> without dying. We're going to try and keep a straight face in oh, each other. Oh, I can't. The second word, I lose my cool. I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll so be fine. if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook, Bug in a Rug, uh, Twitter and Instagram, at B-I-A-R Podcast. Our email is Bug in a Rug. Nope. Our email is B-I-A-R-Podcast at gmail.com. We never know it because nobody ever sends us an email. No one emails <laughs> us. Spend if you your want, quarantine emailing us. If you us. want a sticker and the post office is still open, let us listen. Hey, if you don't want a listen, sticker, you should still let literally us send Literally, just t- rate us. We would start out with ratings, but now I'm just like, whatever. Just literally post on social media. At BIAR Podcast. I would like a sticker. Or stickers are cool. Yeah. Or A. Yeah, or A. That's it. <laughs> I don't really care. Those three things. But if you add us, we'll send you a sticker. We'll send you a sticker. And mm-hmm. check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, wherever. Yeah. I think podcasts podcast. you can find uh, will be there, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um we hope to hear from you, and we hope that this episode doesn't keep you up at night and you still can sleep as snug as a bug on a rug. But for now, I am Whitney. And you are Caitlin. <laughs> and I'm signing off, as always. That was two words. Well, no, I know. <laughs> okay, signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.